The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. I am delighted, absolutely delighted to be joined in studio now by Michael G. Hess, who is a dec- deputy director at NASA of all places. He is in Dublin for the Talent Summit that's taking place today in the Convention Centre. Uh, Michael, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you, Kieran. Um, so, I mean, there, there's just so much we could talk about. And I know, listen, boys and girls up and down this country, including my own kids, really excited that someone from NASA is with me in studio. Um, can I talk to you first about um, deep space exploration? Sure, sure. Uh, how far along are we in the project to send humans to Mars? Oh, okay. So humans to Mars, let me start first with we're sending robots, space probes uh, to all the destinations, have sent them to all the destinations in the solar system. And now that technology is improving, we're continuing to send better and better uh, space probes and robots to go investigate the outer planets and solar system. Um, Of course, we've got two nuclear-powered rovers on Mars Mm. and a helicopter that are looking for life, drilling into the Martian soil, looking for signs of life. Haven't found any yet, but we've got some samples that will be coming back to Earth. Now, how are we going to get to Mars with people? Yeah. So we just recently launched the SLS, the Artemis rocket, just before Christmas. Uh, That spent uh, almost three weeks or so orbiting the moon and came back. That was uncrewed, no astronauts on board, but we also stressed out that rocket and 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 the space capsule. The next mission that it flies will have crew on board. The idea, what we want to do, we need, we are going back to the moon and we're working with some of the partners like, you know, Blue Origin and SpaceX are going to be providing landers for that system. Um, We'll be building a small space station around the moon with the ultimate goal of returning to the moon and building a base and building up that base to do science. And then once we have a base established on the moon... Those are, you know, we want to test it all out before we go to Mars. Mm. And we want to make sure that, hey, you know, the life support system is going to work effectively. We understand how to operate on a surface. We, we've done International Space Station for 22 years. So we're going to learn on the moon and then we'll move on to Mars and basically reuse the same, uh, update the technology, but reuse the same sorts of uh, designs to go to Mars. Uh, it's fascinating. I know a colleague of mine um, is a big fan of that uh, Apple TV show for all mankind. And yes. the, the, the two of us are great fans of it. And we've been watching it kind of in tandem. So we get really excited. And I know he'll be listening to this excited as well. Uh, I've, I've watched it too. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of jumps the shark a bit, doesn't it? The it, third well, season well, it when, does, when the North yeah. Koreans get to Mars first. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that was interesting. Um, you know, the early parts of that show are interesting to me too, because, you know, they use... They use uh, actors playing real people. At one point in my career, I worked for Gene Kranz in oh, real wow, life yeah. before he retired. So it's funny that how, how that part worked out. Uh, but yeah, there were a few people in there that were real, based on real people. Uh, and, and then they've had other imagined astronauts that were sort of patterned after people. But, you know, then they went on an alternate reality yeah, they with certainly the show. Did. It's, it's uh, entertaining. It is. Um, so when you, when you lay all that out, uh, the plan to get to Mars and all these stepping stones, I mean, is, the, is there a timetable? for any of that or because we're dealing with so many variables it's it's a little loose NASA NASA has a time a rough timetable for that but really the main thing that's going to be the driver is how well the the lunar exploration and lunar plans go because you really want to test everything out on the moon before you go on to Mars and and so that's kind of the long pole uh, on how that goes I mean I would think 
perhaps in the next 15 to 20 years. Okay. But, I mean, that's very rough. It, it'll it'll very much depend on um, how things go on the moon. And, and is is that the context in which the moon and the project on the moon is being viewed? as It's it's a testing ground for Mars. Or is there a value in and of the moon itself going back to it? So there's a couple of, there's a value of the moon in and of itself. I mean, I know on our the science side of NASA, there are significant interests in lunar exploration, lunar geology. We'd like to learn, you know, we only have samples from six small locations on the moon. There's a lot of geology that could help us learn about how did the moon form? How are these lava tubes? What's in the dark craters on the poles? Is there ice there? Is there ice that we can then use and make breathing gas, water to drink, rocket fuel? What are the resources? You know, just learn about the moon. There's, they also want to put up uh, like perhaps radio telescopes and things on the far on on the far side of the moon so it's blocked by the earth and we could do additional science from there there's a lot of great science that can be done there as well in addition to the exploration with humans and and when we talk about humans then how important beyond all the the technology and the viability of it which is going to be tested on the moon how important is the the psychological project it's, it it's a Three-day trip to the moon, is it, give it, or take? Yes, yes, yeah. How long does it take to get to Mars, do we reckon? Oh, so, yeah, we'll just say generally using the current technology yeah. with chemical propulsion, depending on how your planets line up, you know, if if you launch at the right window, it could be a six-month trip to Mars. Okay. That's that's zero G. So that's yeah. like living on space station. Most okay. of our space station missions are six months. We so understand that, how to do manageable. that. That's manageable. Then... Then, okay. <laughs> then you have to go down a gravity well and land on the planet, and then you have a you, you have a choice. You're either going to stay there a short while, like about a month, and then you have about a year or more, a year to eighteen months back home, mm-hmm. or well, more like eighteen months back home, or you stay for a year on the surface, and then you have six more months back home. Okay. So you're kind of committed to a two year journey when you leave and there's no quick rescue you are up there you know with space station folks if there's a problem they could get in an emergency vehicle and come home from the moon you're home in three days from mars you're kind of committed to a couple of return windows that are you know months slash years away so it's uh there has to be the psychological support yeah um, and the light time is such from mars Depending on where it is, it could be you know twenty to forty minutes of light time away. Yeah. So if they ask a, ask a question of mission control, they won't get an answer for you know forty minutes or an hour later or so. Oh God! Because it'll be you be know like twenty minutes were, light time like, one way and an answer back. Yeah. Be like when you're a teenager and you're texting a girl, you know, and well, your text <laughs> cross your way. And, well, has she responded yet? Just send a follow up. Oh my God! That she responds to the first anyway. Um. You but you don't want you want to make sure you get on with the crew. They, yes. you, the crew will have to be, you know, they, and the crews all work as a team. They train together for years before a mission. So they get on very well and they're always very mission focused. And we have psychological support on the ground before they fly and in the mission. So they talk to flight surgeons. They talk to psychologists, psychiatrists. Mm. There's family support. We do everything we can to make sure the families on the ground and the crew are very well supported. Um, you, you, you said something interesting about... Um you know, SpaceX and Blue Origin and stuff. You said Lewis and Clark were a government-funded expedition to go to the Pacific. The only way west was on a government trip. 
Then pioneers developed wagon trails and the railroad expanded and big business assumed the role of government, the, the, assumed the role that government had established and space explorations evolving in the same way. Uh, so yes. Like uh, to really butcher your, your metaphor, it's, I guess, you know, the, the Apollo program and the space shuttles, they were the Lewis and Clark and the Oregon Trail is now Elon Musk that's, and others. Yeah, is that that's it? perfect. Yes, yes. Uh, and so ha- we're just and how at the start. Yeah, talk us about, the, a bit about that. The role, the role of government is to you know initially invest and go and do things, and then when commerce can follow, we hand it off to them. We can't compete with a commercial endeavor that could deliver the same sort of thing. So now that there are private companies, and there are becoming more and more of them that can do some of these services. Um, those those may be things that we'll just buy those services and that will enable NASA to focus on going to the moon, Mars and outer planets. And then commerce will grow and we can be an anchor tenant in the beginning. Mm. And then eventually there may be so much commerce, uh, you know, private astronauts, private space stations that, you know, we'll be we'll be doing the exploration and they'll do the they'll do the commerce and business model. So because the, uh, the, the presence of of private companies would suggest that there's money to be made because I guess that's that was the question that maybe your predecessors would have always had to deal with. Like, what's the value in all of this right. for the taxpayer, for right, example? Right, right. NASA NASA's entire budget of the U for the U.S. budget is only like less than half a percent of the whole U.S. budget, and for that we're doing aeronautics, technology, exploration, science, Earth observation, other planets. I mean, they get a lot for that small and half a percent investment. But that flows right into businesses, either in the U.S. or internationally, that can help develop these capabilities, and then you know we'll move on. It, you can also think about it in terms of uh, you know. So what happened when when cars started hitting the road? Well, people didn't necessarily need to have blacksmiths and saddle makers. Well, where did those people go? Well, they reskilled, and mm. they moved into making you know car seats and car tires or other things. You know, different industries, entirely different industries than were imagined, developed. I think that's going to happen with space as well. Things things that we haven't even imagined will develop in the space sector to help make it more efficient and more profitable, and then NASA can go explore. And beyond the, then the, the the economics, like what's your your answer to the to the broader question about the value of space exploration? Oh, I, I mean, it, it helps us it helps us answer the basic questions: Why are we here? How did life begin? Is there life somewhere else? Are we alone? How does this universe work? What's our place in it? And all of these sort of scientific questions are the things that NASA is researching and trying to find out. And none of those questions are really business profitable. Those have mm. to be done kind of in a research mode. And so we we help cultivate universities and other companies to help us answer those questions. How, how do you like dealing with the egos of Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos I, I've worked, and others? Well, I, I've met I've met Mr. Musk a couple times yeah. and worked on missions with him. Um, you know, he was in the times where where I was with him, uh, Crew One and Crew Two, the first couple of Crew Dragon missions that I, I was NASA launch manager. He was in the launch control with us. Uh, we all had a job to do. We were all very focused, as was he. And you're, you know, you're you're apprehensive. You're making a decision: is is the rocket and space capsule ready to take these four souls to space? Or you know, you're committing your friends' lives on the line. And we were all very serious, and as was he. And, uh, of course, when we had a successful launch, it's high fives around the room. And, you know, we were all, uh, you know, shaking hands and that sort of thing. And he, he was, uh, you know, emotionally 
uh, the same as the rest of us, just elated yeah. and, and, you know, happy that things went well. Yeah, I think and he lot... has some fantastic people working for him. Yeah, great company. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, he's just this kind of caricature, the, the madness of Twitter. But SpaceX is a really impressive company. They are, and uh, uh, he has a, a lady, the president of SpaceX. Her yeah. name is Gwen Shotwell, outstanding individual um, who helps run things on a day to day basis. There has post the invasion of Ukraine, has that complicated matters at all in the International Space Station? So complicated, yes, but. Um, we have, you know, we have astronauts and cosmonauts flying together. They're a joint crew. The uh, Russian side of space station provides propulsion, whether that's for reboost or sort of attitude control to hold space station in an attitude when we're docking all these different mm. vehicles or undocking them. For that, the U.S. side provides majority of the power. Um, we have those huge solar arrays. We're upgrading the arrays right now. And so we share resources on board. The crews work together. They train together years in advance. So, yes, the, the there is complication with the political situation. But for the most part, the International Space Station is continuing to work as a partnership as we have before. And that, that work is is very much a partnership in space. There's not kind of separate sections of the ISS that, you know, you know, stay out of the Russian side, stay well, out of the I US mean, you side. Know, there, there, is a, there is a Russian side, a US side, there's the European module, yeah. uh, Columbus, there's the Japanese module, but really it's, it, they all share the same breathing gas. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if the toilet breaks on one side, you use the one on the other side, the crews get together, watch movies, share food from time to time. So, and they work together on science on a daily basis and, and, you know, the, the regular operations of keeping a space craft going so it, it is it is one mm. crew it's it like that the the longevity of that partnership with uh the russian space program is is kind of remarkable in a way you you and early in your career w- w- spent some time in I moscow did. and star city and I places did. didn't yes, you yes yes i lived uh, uh from 95 to 2000 yeah i lived for about three months a year in in moscow and star city you know, that was the uh, the early days. Uh, we were just learning how to work together with the Russians, um, you know, developing the partnerships. I find them to be uh, excellent engineers. And from a from a thought process, they they kind of have the, you know, the same concerns. We're solving the same engineering problems, but maybe from a slightly different angle, um, you know, they may they may uh, something that they design may be really robust and able to take a lot of punishment. And so it will work in every instance. And on our side, we may have done like, you know, computer analysis and optimized it to, you know, to to be a little bit different. But they they do the same job, you know, ultimately. And, and it's been really interesting working together as a team with them. You you know some lifelong friends that that work over there and and I respect the heck out of those people. How important has it been over the years to uh, I suppose to to cultivate public opinion as well and keep that on site? Whether it's you know through the media interviews like this, I don't know. Uh, you know I, I, there there would be times I imagine post disasters like Columbia and Challenger, um, whereby. Maybe there's a huge public interest in what is happening, but not maybe much public appetite to maintain the the, the course. Um, so, I mean, how difficult is that it, job it, of work? It can be, but the thing that makes it easier today than it has been in the past is all the innovation. Yeah. Space, the space sector is growing in leaps and bounds. And, you know, NASA is one of the anchor tenants of all that. And so there's a lot more excitement now 
than there has been. You know, there have been times in the past where the public has sort of not paid as much attention. You've got the kind of the core space uh, fans that are out there, but the general public isn't as doesn't really follow it at times. But boy, right now, uh, you know, everybody knows about SpaceX. Uh, there's there's documentaries out from SpaceX even that talk about things. Yeah. We have our own sort of, uh, you know, we do educational outreach like this to talk about how important science, technology, engineering, math, and the arts are all to space to try and stimulate kids to have interest in that because, you know, space needs everybody. It isn't just engineers and, and doctors and scientists. Uh, you know, we have accountants. We've, we've got HR people, and that's why I'm at the Talent Summit. Um, you know, they're, they're interested to hear a little bit about how we do our uh, HR functions, how we do astronaut selection. That's a very, very interesting yeah, question it for, is. Yeah. for how to do that. So that's why we're looking for the best ideas around the globe to help us. Well, listen, the Talent Summit, as I said, right at the outset is happening in the Convention Centre. Michael G. Hess, who's the Deputy Director at NASA, one of those in attendance. Michael, it has been an absolute pleasure and thanks a million for coming in. Thank you so much. My pleasure as well. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.